under control I cut the strings a long time ago oh. I guess that I should thank you though Cause all your words were fine for my soul And now I'm up here running the show oh. I scream until the people started calling Sing a word that came from all the Hello everyone, my name is Blair. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. But when it comes to DJs, I'll put you at the top of the class. Cause I love rock and funk and pop and punk and all that jazz. From hip hop to bebop to doo-wop, you ain't playing no flops. The way you kiss my ears kicks my ass. Well, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. I think Jim will be joining us shortly, but we'll see. Uh, Anyway, uh, kind of a crazy uh, week. Uh, Just a brief comment about Water Hill. I live in that Water Hill neighborhood, and that's... uh, Quite a local event these days, if you ever get a chance. First Sunday in May, Ann Arbor, between Spring, Miller, Brooks, all the way up to the uh, all the way up to the top of the hill. Basically, they have uh, music venues uh, on porches, and it's a great community thing. You get to see some of Ann Arbor's uh, best and brightest, some of the old timers, some of the up and coming types and it's a great uh, neighborly thing that takes place uh, the first Sunday of every uh, May and uh, yesterday the weather was wonderful so uh, if you missed it this year check it out next year it's free open to the public lots of kids lots of bicycles walking around It's it's a wonderful community event and one of the great uh, side benefits, by the way, of Water Hill is that uh, this neighborhood is sort of banded together in the winter. And we have these uh, little snow buddies that plow the sidewalks throughout the whole neighborhood. It's, uh, you know, donation. 
And it's an example of how localities, local neighborhoods can do things that perhaps city government can't afford to do or doesn't think it's necessary to do. And this keeps the sidewalks uh, cleared. Uh, obviously, you got to do some additional shoveling here and there because of the way ice builds up in Michigan in the winter. But uh, it's, it's a great example of voluntary association and how uh, um, a small community activism can make good things happen for people and make our lives a little easier. And, of course, those are nonprofit, small nonprofit entities that are involved in this kind of thing. And it would be wonderful to see more of America uh, having these kinds of uh, neighborhood collaborations that make things work. Well, an awfully strange week. Uh, I didn't want to talk about Apu, unless Jim uh, was here, because he's uh, a big, big fan of The Simpsons. But apparently uh, Hank Azaria is going to drop Apu as a character on The Simpsons. Started out with Michelle Wolf and all of the furor over that. I thought that was all baloney. I don't think we need to revisit uh, that other than to say that was misogyny gone amok. I don't think she said anything too outrageous. And in fact, she had a number of quips about guns and gun control and that sort of thing and commercialism and lying and whatnot. One joke that I sort of misheard that I realized after I heard uh, Michelle Wolf's interview on uh, Fresh Air. My only problem, by the way, with Michelle Wolf is, wow, her voice is hard to uh, stomach. You talk about shrill. I think uh, when she gets excited into the uh, performance mode, her voice goes up uh, an octave and... Sounds almost like one of those Gilda Radner uh, spoofs from the old days of SNL. Uh, but the one joke that I misheard that I was glad that I actually heard the fresh air thing was the the quip about facts. Uh, the first time I heard it, I thought she used the word fats. Um, she burns through so many facts, F-A-C-T-S, that the joke made sense. And, of course, uh, to quote one uh, director who was uh, perhaps at the uh, event, uh, it's shocking to go to a Billy Joel uh, concert and hear him play the piano man. Uh, I don't know what these people are expecting. And part of the reason that uh, Trump is so, um, I don't know, detestable is he, he has no sense of humor. So he could never participate in this White House Correspondents' Dinner because he's just not funny. He doesn't have a sense of humor. And as we've seen in recent uh, months with his disarray with his cabinet and all these problems that are occurring, uh, Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani being the latest uh, example, <laughs> unbelievable, uh, his week, um, I think Donald Trump would have trouble even hiring uh, comedians <laughs> because uh, I found it kind of interesting over the weekend that there was this sort of, and this is what I call a fake story, uh, this notion that the 
head of the the nominee to be head of the CIA went into the White House and offered to withdraw her name uh, for fear of bringing up skeletons in the closet out into the open. Well, I mean, this (laughs) was the initial criticism of this nomination from the get-go, and she's going to get her hearing later in the week. I think there's reasons for her to be uh, confirmed. I also think there are some good reasons for her not to be confirmed. I think that it's a terrible message to send the world about torture. And uh, Donald Trump, of course, during the campaign, argued repeatedly that torture works and that the, quote, Democratic opposition was uh, he's he's claiming that that's based on the fact that she's too tough on the terrorists. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out from the hearings. Uh, obviously, she had some role in the destruction of evidence connected to torture and had some role in the uh, so-called uh, black site uh, that was in located in Thailand. Uh, let's remember, by the way, that we had uh, we used Syria. Uh, for torture. We used Egypt. We used Poland. There were a variety of these sites scattered around the globe. And uh, Bashir al-Assad participated in torture for hire. And the notion that, of course, uh, this worked has been proven to be completely false. Let's remember that uh, some of the information that was used uh, during these torture sessions uh, were later used by Dick Cheney to justify the uh, Iraq uh, invasion. Uh, those were false claims that a victim of torture released to the United States, and then the United States used this as quote-unquote evidence to justify uh, the weapons of mass destruction nonsense that, of course, has never been proven. Uh, by the end of the week, Donald Trump was... Uh, Back in form at the NRA, making all sorts of bogus claims about that. Uh, He went into a little uh, mysterious attack on Great Britain, claiming that uh, we don't need to do anything about guns in America because Britain has all these stabbings. Uh, I don't know what the actual British uh, stabbing uh, data is, but I'm sure that Trump is misstating it. And furthermore, I'd like to remind Mr. Trump that uh, the worst mass shooting, modern mass shooting in American history, happened last uh, October, on October 1st. The worst mass shooting in a house of worship happened when Donald Trump was president. And, of course, the worst mass shooting of high school students happened while Donald Trump has been president. His responses varied based on incident to incident. Uh, There's all this outrage, then there's silence, and then nothing happens. Congress, uh, of course, can't do anything because they're controlled by the NRA. And, uh, you know, it's fascinating to read the history of Donald Trump's relationship with gun control. But these recent uh, assertions that there are politicians in America that want to take your guns away is simply not um, truthful. Uh, There's not one politician in America 
running for office that wants to, quote, take your guns away. Uh, There are simply proposals for common sense background checks, uh, assault rifle bans uh, that actually did work uh, between 1994 and 2004. And I've been reading a fascinating history of the Second Amendment. I'm still on the footnotes, so I'm not going to talk too much about it tonight. But uh, this is an interesting book because this goes back to how um, the Second Amendment was fashioned by our founding fathers, what sorts of linguistic texts were used to fashion this sort of tricky Second Amendment, and uh, the continuing assertions that the Second Amendment is what keeps us free uh, is rather remarkable, uh, because there's no evidence to support that. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, on Tuesday night... uh, Punted, punted on the uh, on the uh, steel tariffs. Uh, he's didn't want to make a decision yet. He's going to wait another month, keep everybody guessing, create a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration, with no full understanding of the entire steel uh, tariff uh, complications that Trump has created. Um since he decided to check and attack the uh, trade uh, issue uh, with a little understanding of how world trade works or what the statistics are. Uh, Of course, by the end of the week, Trump had sent a, a trade mission to China. There was a lot of talking, but no agreements. And as I've asserted before, China holds the cards on Trump on many, many things. Um, The notion that China is going to, quote, stop investing in technology to somehow uh, accommodate Donald Trump's problems with with the trade deficit is, is, is a bit of a mystery. And, of course, the trade deficit last year, while Donald Trump was president, uh, is uh, at an all-time high. Uh, Trump doesn't mention that in his patting himself on the back uh, repeatedly about the economy. And, of course, we had some some economic statistics uh, over the weekend. Statistics they are. Statistics, of course, need to be analyzed for different uh, reasons. And uh, needless to say, I'd like to point out, yes, 164,000 jobs were allegedly created. Uh, There are two uh, surveys that that, uh, they used to come up with the unemployment rate that went down. But uh, we're in the baby boom generation, and 300,000 Americans every month, roughly, give or take uh, several thousand, are eligible uh, to retire uh, under Social Security. So if you want to really do kind of the math, we we really need to be creating about 250,000 jobs every month uh, to continue to pay for uh, some of the social services uh, that many of our voters have come to expect. On the issue of other components of... um, the free trade uh, situation. Just a couple of weeks ago, I found it fascinating that one of the candidates for president in Mexico, 
the current mayor of Mexico City, a fellow by the name of Obrador, Manuel Lopez Obrador. Um, many experts believe that he actually won the last presidential election. Um, voter fraud explaining why the current uh, occupant of that office is there. But even he has been very cold-shouldered towards Donald Trump and NAFTA. Well, Luis Obrador, or Lopez Obrador, excuse me, actually his full name is complicated. It's Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Spanish names are always uh, intriguing uh, problems because they use uh, maiden names from mothers and abuelas and uncles and whatnot, and it's kind of confusing. Uh, but anyway, he was the former mayor of uh, Mexico City who's running for president. Mexico has a presidential election in um, July, July 1st, and he is the favored candidate. Well, he announced uh, that uh, he wants to end uh, oil leases to international oil conglomerates. Um, in other words, he's playing a nationalism card. He also wants wants to end the importation of gasoline, um, a product that America exports to Mexico. What is the what are the grounds for this uh, this energy policy besides, uh, shall we say, a stronger nationalism that one would think Trump would have no objection to? Um, well, uh, nationalism is one explanation. Uh, but the other is probably a, uh, uh, he, he, as he put it, I want to reduce the trade def- the, the trade deficit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he, uh, of course, the price of oil has been going up uh, recently under Trump. Trump was complaining about that a couple of weeks ago. But, of course, he's created the problems with the oil uh, international markets. Uh, he's had a very aggressive uh, approach to both Venezuela and Iran. Uh, tomorrow, Trump is going to uh, undoubtedly withdraw from the Iranian agreement. Rather strange that Boris Johnson, the British uh, Foreign Secretary, who has a piece in today's New York Times that I didn't bring with me about the Iranian sanctions and why the deal should stay in place, uh, was in Washington today lobbying for uh, keeping the deal in place, explaining that Bibi Netanyahu's press conference a week ago uh, was pure disinformation. Bibi Netanyahu, of course, has political problems at home that are connected to his corruption, illegal campaign contributions and whatnot. And um, Mexico, if uh, Obrador uh, wins the presidency, it's going to take a much more aggressive uh, approach to Mexico's oil. Um, as the article by Clifford Krauss puts it, in addition to threatening refinery profits in the United States, this proposal could slow oil production in Texas and impede deepwater drilling in the Gulf of Mexico by international giants like Exxon and Chevron. They would also jeopardize the United States energy trade surplus with Mexico, which reached roughly $15 billion last year. 
In other words, we import crude oil from the Gulf of Mexico that's technically Mexican oil. We refine it in places like Oklahoma and Texas, and then we resend the refined oil, which is called gasoline, back to Mexico. Obrador doesn't think this makes much sense, and neither do I. So I think that it would be an, a wonderful uh, development that will improve uh, all the wasteful uh, energy that's being moved around between Mexico and uh, the United States. Trump wanted, wants a trade war with Mexico. He's going to get it. And he may well get one with China as well. Stay tuned to that. But it's quite clear that the Chinese were making zero concessions to Trump's little six-man team that went over there with outrageous demands uh, that no one would accept. Another very interesting story from last week is about Brazil. Headline says, Brazil rebuts U.S. assertion of tariff deals. Uh, and this basically goes in, this is dated the 3rd of May, Brazil accused the Trump administration on Wednesday of breaking off negotiations over the tariffs last week and issuing a take-it-or-leave-it offer, according to the Brazilian authorities. This account appears to contradict the White House's version of events. Wow, that's shocking that the White House version of events would be false. Uh, since uh, Trump has surpassed the 3,000 lie mark uh, recently. And we saw the uh, introduction of the Trump-Rudy television reality show all, all last week. It was amusing to some degree because it was so uncoordinated and so bizarre that uh, after a while I was wondering what I was actually watching other than a couple of egomaniacs going at it with different approaches to the same problem. Uh, of course, we know that Trump had an affair with Stormy Daniels. The issue is, was the money paid or not? Did it come out of the campaign or not? Was uh, Michael Cohen Trump's lawyer or not? Trump, of course, claimed that attorney-client privilege has been violated here. Well, <laughs> he, he then at one point tried to claim that Cohen wasn't his attorney, and then he later claimed he was, and we really don't know where any of that stands. As for Brazil, Brazil in this article by uh, Shasta Darlington, I'll continue this uh, brief uh, passage here, Brazil has argued that 80% of its steel exports to the United States are semi-finished products used in the production of steel products, and are of no threat to the United States, because Trump has invoked national security as the reason for these steel tariffs. Brazil is the largest importer of American metallurgical coal, worth about a billion dollars in 2013, which is used in their steel production. So, of course, if any of these facts had come out during the campaign that Trump planned this, uh, this tariff uh, war that he started... By the way, he started this thing back at the end of January. Um, I recall the infamous trip to Davos, Switzerland, which, of course, is a meeting of the world elite. 
it's not traditional for the American president to go to such a thing. Ex-presidents go. Bankers go. Christine Lagarde of the IMF is probably there. And uh, Saudi oil ministers are probably there. But Trump went there and threatened uh, a tariff war that he wanted to spread around the world. And he basically said that America is getting pushed around in these trade deals and we're not going to take it anymore. And yet, when the unemployment numbers come out, he's bragging about how great America is doing. It's, it's a very contradictory message and uh, demonstrates that Trump has no understanding of the actual trade numbers, uh, particularly with China. I mentioned Brazil, by the way, because they are the second largest source of steel importation at 13% of U.S. imported steel. 16% comes from Canada, 10% from South Korea, 9% from Mexico, 9% from Russia. So all of these steel sanctions thus far, uh, as has been pointed out repeatedly, have hurt mainly our allies. And Trump has made so many exceptions that the steel uh, tariff thing is a ball of confusion. Uh, from what I can tell, the only two countries that are actually impacted by this, uh, two or three countries, are India at 2%. Japan at 5%, Turkey at 7%, though I'm still a little murky about Turkey because Turkey is not in the EU. They are in NATO. And uh, Russia at 9%. China, in fact, is, uh, is not a major source of imported American steel. Uh, the steel that we import from China, by the way, is, is sort of uh, specialized production used in the, uh, well, I heard about a, a firm here in Michigan, uh, way up north near Traverse City, that uses uh, um, carbonized steel is what it's called in the trade, uh, for their saw blades. They're in the uh, timber business, and they get their steel from two places, Germany, China. Those are the only two places that make this product. The notion that a steel mill is going to pop up in the middle of Pennsylvania to accommodate a highly specialized form of steel is really quite silly. So, uh, you know, when 140,000 workers are basically being picked as winners and 6.2 million are being picked as losers, uh, we know that Trump has almost no understanding of the steel uh, business globally. And then, of course, we have the bizarre uh Rudy Giuliani, uh, Donald Trump show that went around all week. Who knows what that's about? The big accomplishment, by the way, from uh, North Korea real quickly, because we can get back to Rudy and uh, Donald next week, because I'm kind of curious to see if Giuliani actually survives another week. Uh, this uh, maybe another uh, Scaramucci situation. I think he lasted 10 days. I don't think he even was able to get his uh, name posted on the the door. But if he needed a door, Ben Carson was probably somewhere in the neighborhood. He apparently has a thing for $30,000 doors. 
Scott Pruitt, of course, uh, was uh, committing perjury all last week regarding connections. Just exactly why does the EPA administrator, a person that's supposed to enforce American environmental laws, just exactly why does that person need to be making trips to Morocco? that, That escapes me. That right there proves that Scott Pruitt has been running for president during his first term in office, and that many of these executive orders that he's, he's promulgated have been challenged in court. So he's tried to do much more damage than he's actually accomplished. But all of these strange connections to uh, what we call feather bedding, uh, fluffing up his feather bed to uh, deal with... Uh, uh, his uh, desire to run for president in 2024 have, I think, gone asunder. And uh, he is facing more and more scrutiny, and I think he has committed perjury. Just like to remind you that you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up next. Uh, of course, the big development in the Korean negotiations were that South Korea is no longer going to blare bad pop South Korean music to the north. And I thought, well, man, this should be used here in the United States. Rather than building a wall uh, down in on the Rio Grande, Mex- uh, the Mexican border, Trump should consider blaring really bad South Korean pop music uh, into, uh, into Mexico and... Uh, that might that might work. Uh, I don't think that's going to win Donald Trump a Nobel Prize. And, of course, there have been many, many reports uh, over the week about more meetings between Kim Jong-un and the leadership in China. Real quickly as we wind down here, uh, to just a friendly reminder, tomorrow is uh, primary day in many places, including here in Michigan. There are ballot initiatives uh, on the... Uh, uh, ballot here in Michigan. I'd say the big two national stories are pay attention to the Democratic primary in uh, Ohio for governor between Dennis Kucinich and Richard Cordray. And take a look at that West uh, Virginia Republican Senate race with the odious Mr. Blankenship uh, trying to out-Trump Trump. What a crazy world. We're out of time. Stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling, up next. Spring evening, the two 18-year-old sisters. You're listening to WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. WCBN FM Ann Arbor. That's Mead Lux Lewis in the background doing the honky tonk train blues. Telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name is Jerry Mack, your host this evening for an hour long excursion into the land of Delta blues and early urban blues, performed and lived by the men and women who started it all. Well, it's a beautiful spring evening out, and we have uh, 
Um, some music for you.